This podcast represents the opinions of Christy and Tara, as well as their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical, mental health, therapy, or legal advice. The content is for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult your mental health care professional for your mental health questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast are our own and do not represent our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure the information we're sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors, and we encourage listeners to do their own research and provide the sources we utilize in the show notes of each episode. Finally, privacy is of utmost importance to us. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast that are not personal and permission has not been given have been changed or left out to protect client confidentiality. Welcome to Rise to Being. I'm Christy. And I'm Tara. And we are here to talk about becoming the most authentic version of you. So today we're going to break apart the triangle a little bit. And I want to start with behavior. So Tara. Yes. Out of thoughts, feelings, and behavior, if if thoughts are the most critical for permanent change. Okay. And that's the absolute hardest. All right. And feelings are the absolute easiest thing to change because they change constantly and we can catch them. Yes. Before behaviors. Why would it be important that we work on behaviors first? Um, because they, I don't know, we do, we do more behavior. We do more behaviors. We have behaviors. <laughs> we do more behaviors than feelings? Oh, maybe not. Because I feel a lot of things that I don't yeah. behave towards. Thank God. Um, about behaviors, behaviors. Because it's in the middle. Um, because, <laughs> oh, um, because other people. Other people yes, are impacted by our behavior. So behavior. I like gold stars. <laughs> behavior is what is observable and measurable. Okay. Behavior is what other people see. Behavior is a form of communication. Would you say that behavior also sort of is what, like, impacts our life the most? Like, if I behave like, if I feel like an asshole at work, and, but I don't behave like an asshole at work, then I can keep my job. But if I behave like an asshole at work, it's a problem. That's why I want to touch on behavior first. Okay. Yes, yeah, exactly. I got it. Got yeah. it. So, um, I'm going to start with a story because I love stories. Story time. So, remember um, in one of the first few episodes I said, um, ogres are like onions. And onions have layers. And people are like ogres. Yay! Very good. So, we layers have layers. And, and we've got to pull apart those layers to really understand what's going on beneath the surface. Because behavior, although it is a form of communication, it is the most misunderstood form of communication. What we see, we interpret through our own lens. Right. So, if so. Yes. All right. Okay. I definitely, oh, definitely. I always think the worst. Like if you, okay, that's part of my BPD. Any slight change in the way you speak, the way you look at me, if you normally take three minutes to text back and it takes you six minutes, in those additional three minutes, I have spiraled. You hate me. You don't ever want to speak to me again. I have made you mad. Yeah, I overly interpret behaviors like negatively. And behavior, again, remember with the iceberg, behavior is what people see. But it's not what sunk the Titanic. That little bit they saw isn't what actually sinks it, but it is what people see. Okay. 
So, I want to tell y'all a story. All right. It's called It's Not About the Butter. Um, so, I can't believe it's not butter, but with a twist. <laughs> Fair enough. It's not about the butter. Um, this is a story about my husband, Daryl, and he loves when I tell it. I thought you were going to say he loves butter, and so I was going to say something about Paula Dean or, I don't know, something butter-related. I'm on the roll today. Yeah. It's fine. Um, no. He, um, he really hates when I tell it. I was being sarcastic. Okay. If I go home today and I say, hey, Daryl, I told butter story, um, verbatim, he will be, Christy, it was about the goddamn butter. That's what he's going to say. Okay, it probably was a little bit about the butter. It wasn't about the butter. Okay, tell me the story. Okay. So, one day, and I want to reiterate this, we're utilizing the cognitive triangle. So, if you were able to print it from the show notes, or if you remember, if you hung it somewhere, awesome. Um, I really want, you know, that's, we're going to go back to that, okay? So, um, one day, I got home early from work, Mm -hmm. and I am not... um, you know, housewife material. Yes, the tattoos and piercings didn't give it away, then the diagnoses maybe did. Very true, very true. So, I do not seek validation through um, making dinner and cleaning house. That is not my core values, no part of it. Me either. (laughs) Like love languages, like my husband, his top love language is acts of service. My very bottom is acts of service. I don't care what you do for me because I don't really want to do nothing for you. Fair I mean, enough. I hate to say that. No, fair enough, fair enough. So, um, but one day I got home early from work, and um, this is, remember when Daryl used to work nights? Yes. So, his shift was like from like Very 10 at night grumpy. to 10 in the morning. It was not, it was not good. It was not good. No, it, um, grumpy, grumpy, grumpy bear. <laughs> yes. Daryl's very tall and like, Daryl, big D. And um, yeah, bear, bear, grumpy bear. He was a grumpy bear. Um, the Revenant. But yeah. one day, <laughs> he's going to love this episode. Yes, all about you. Um, <laughs> one day, I come home early from work. Daryl is still sleeping. I make dinner. Um, I even made him a little lunch to take to work that night. Um, doing all the, you know, wifely, wifely things. Yeah, wifely things. And then... Um, I was sitting down watching Netflix. My feet were up. I mean, I was I was so, I am worthy. I am valued. I am loved. And nothing is my fault. I was feeling really, really good about myself. Okay. So, Daryl's been sleeping all day. It's about time for him to get up. Um, he comes out of the bedroom. Grumpy face. Now, Daryl, you know, although that was a tough time in our life when he was working nights, Daryl's basic mood is really, really chill. He's just a chill guy. And thank God, because I am not. The opposite of that. Yeah, absolute opposite. So he's very, very chill. Um, Easy to get along with. Um, His expectations for me are really minimal. He's pretty awesome. So very, very lucky. But um, he woke up grumpy, and it was written all over his face. So I said, hey, baby, I um, I made dinner, and um, I even made you a lunch, and it's in the kitchen. And he's like, you know, grumbling, and he goes into the kitchen, and he goes, who left the butter out? Oh, Lord. I was like, um, it's me. I did. And he said, um, what? I just, I don't understand. And I said, well, do you want? 
me to come put the butter away? He's like, no, I got it. I mean, just the counter is three feet from the refrigerator. Why can't you put the butter away? I feel like this is a man thing because every morning when I make my coffee, I use one sweet and packet and I sit it on the counter by the refrigerator because I'm still half asleep and I have every intention of throwing it away. Every single intention, Christy. But you know what I woke up to one morning a couple weeks ago? A sign that Rod had made me that says the trash can is located behind you. That took a lot of effort. Ooh. That behavior was definitely communicating something. Lord. So, remember, we are all walking around with our own triangles above our head. Remember that. So, I was sitting down with my feet up, mm -hmm. watching Netflix, and feeling really good about myself. I'd made a great dinner for my family and my husband. So, um... I was able, you know, I answered my four questions. Remember, um, I am worthy. Mm -hmm. I am valuable. Okay. I am freaking lovable. Yes. And this is not my fault. I mean, leaving the butter on the counter sort of was, but his reaction to it wasn't. <laughs> we, I, I found a butter. family that literally left butter on the I counter. I never heard of that. I never had counter butter until Rodney. That never is, in life. That is the Southern thing. We actually now have a special dish that stays on the counter with the butter in it. But we're digressing. Okay, I told sorry. you I will chase any squirrel y'all give me. It's true. ADHD. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. Um, Daryl's grumpy. Daryl's grumpy. He yells about the butter. butter. He goes, no, I got it. I'll put it away. So I'm, I am, all of my thoughts or all of those automatic thoughts, I'm feeling very still, very positive. Mm -hmm. So um, my feelings were still positive. So what would I be feeling positively, a positive emotion, because I am worthy, I am lovable, I am valuable, and this is not my fault. So what would I be feeling in response to Daryl's behavior? I mean, I'd be pissed off. I, I don't know. I would start to question all of those things. I love that you said question. Yes. So that is what I'd be feeling. I was curious. Okay. Good. I was curious. I, like um, I, was, um, I was slightly irritated. I was curious, and I was confused. Okay. That makes, all makes perfect sense. But now, I want to amend this. This is atypical behavior for Daryl, not normal behavior. And this is also our second marriage. Because I will tell you, if my first husband had said, was the butter out? You would have beat him in the face. Oh, I would have put the butter somewhere, but it wouldn't have been in the fridge. Got I'll it. tell you that right now. I can, I can picture that. Actually. Yeah. So... Um, knowing, again, this was not typical behavior for Daryl, and I was feeling really good about myself. I was in a different place, certainly, than I was in my first marriage. Um, I didn't have to take it personally. I just got to feel curious and confused, and again, slightly irritated, because I had made a good dinner. Yes. You know? You are a good cook. So, he, um, he walks into the bedroom, and again... I didn't have to react. I want to talk about that kind of behavior. Oof, I don't know. I, I'm the, the queen of reactions. React versus response. Okay. I can't wait for this. So, <laughs> what is the difference between a reaction and a response? Um, Just like from my gut, I'd say like a reaction is something that is 
really impulsive and a response is more thought out. Mm -hmm. I joke, um, the difference between a reaction and a response is five minutes. Okay, I like that. So it is kind of, I mean, it is exactly what you said, um, and there is no timeline. But uh, by giving yourself time not to react, Mm -hmm. because again, answer your questions. Am I lovable? Am I worthy? Am I valuable? Is this my fault? then I don't have to be pissy and mean and lash back out at him. I just got off a phone call that that would have been very (laughs) helpful for, actually. So that's actually, guys, I want you to think, remember this triangle that I keep talking about. Yeah. Tara, make your triangle now. Now, I want our behaviors to touch like that. (gasps) What? This is actually now called the cognitive figure eight. Oh, my gosh. So watch how... It makes a little eight. Yes. That's cool. Cognitive figure eight. That is the definition of codependency. So you hear about codependency all the time. But when your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are directly impacted by somebody else's thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Right. That is that cognitive figure eight. And it's a dance, guys. Gosh, I do it all the time. And it's a dance that y'all are stepping on each other's toes. It's a dance that you're bumping into each other because it is an uncoordinated, misunderstood, convoluted figure eight. Wow. That is, I like that so much. I, I, it has made this marriage, um, it has made my current marriage, my second marriage, so invaluable, so, I mean, so special, so strong, because I don't have to absorb his thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And it doesn't I just get to support them. Have to be for, like, that kind of relationship. I mean, mm-hmm. again, I feel like it would be very applicable to the call I just got off of, and that was with friends. That was regarding friends, and mm-hmm. so it could be any relationship, oh, absolutely. You know, Tara, your mood shifts pretty rapidly. We've talked about that. Yeah. If I took it personally every time, if I thought that your mood was a direct reflection on what you value our friendship to be, Mm -hmm. I don't know if we could have lasted decades, you know? that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, okay, so going back to, it's not about the butter. Yes. So, Daryl goes into his room, he finishes getting ready for work, and then he, um, um, our podcast is not spy- and, uh, sponsored by Kraken, but it should be. Well, I drank my hint water, so we'll just... It's okay. It's okay. noon. It's noon here. It's fine. It's the beach. <laughs> we are on the beach. Yeah. It changes everything. It does. Okay. So, it's not about the freaking butter, Tara. It's not about the butter. <laughs> um, Daryl goes into his room to get dressed. He um, comes out with his shoes He sits on the couch next to me. He's putting his shoes on. Because I still have positive emotions, because I'm still curious and I'm still confused, I can sincerely ask him, Daryl, how'd you sleep? I didn't have to do the past. Someone must have woken up on the wrong side of the bed. Maybe you didn't get enough sleep today. What you think? Think of all the passive-aggressive statements I could say if I was in that cognitive figure eight. Oh, yeah. It would have been rough. Yeah. But because, again, and sometimes I'm in there. Promise you. Promise you. Too many times I still get caught up in that cognitive figure eight. But this time I really was able to sit back because I was feeling so good about myself. Yeah. And I got to ask him, hey, what's going on? 
And um, I said, how did you sleep? And he said, um, fine. Actually, no. I got a phone call from my daughter. At that time, um, one of my stepdaughters, one of Daryl's daughters, was going through a really rough time. She was um, actively using um, heroin. It was, um, she was living on the streets. It was a bad time. Um, and Daryl did have a lot of questions about his value as a father. They got divorced when she was um, in her late teens, mm -hmm. which is just a very difficult time to get divorced. I mean, his ex-wife were married for 28 years. What? I cannot yeah. imagine. That's yeah, crazy. It is. It really is. Um, they got married when they were babies. Two of us. I was like, he's not that old. <laughs> I mean, he's old. No. Don't, don't get it twisted. He's but. in his 50s. But um, regardless. So um, he said, you know, I, I got a phone call from my daughter. And I was like, okay, honey, at least you know she's alive. Right. Well, she was asking for money. That's okay. Yesterday, you didn't know she was alive. Today, you do. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you're right, you're right. And so, he was able to give me a kiss and leave for work. And hopefully, you know, we were able to process that feeling together. Mm -hmm. When I um, first told the story and I I came home, you know, and said, hey, Daryl, I told the butter story. And he was like, what butter story? And, you know, I broke it down for him. He was like, no, Chrissy, that was about the goddamn butter. He, I swear, he's still now, again, after years of marriage and years of his daughter um, being sober and she is doing great. And we are yeah. so proud of her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he says it, it might have had a little something to do with me being grumpy, but I can be grumpy about the butter. That's adorable. Whatever. The fact that he admitted that, though, knowing Daryl, that is like a revelation. <laughs> so, we have to, when we're working on behavior, when we work on this triangle, we really do have to analyze behavior. We need to, behavior is observable and measurable. So, we are able to say, is that behavior atypical? Is that behavior a little over the top for what the situation calls and for. And atypical means out of the ordinary. Right. Okay. What is going on that led to that level of behavior? Okay. And that's, I mean, that is an important part of analyzing this, this cognitive figure eight and an essential part in analyzing. And how, okay, so this is my question. So in, so you, you were able to ask him, right what was going on behind the scenes but like let's say this was happening at work with my boss and i obviously am not in a place to say what what the, you know what's going on with you or something like that and i'm just am i to assume what the or, uh, uh, okay. no so i'm so glad you asked that. okay no never assume okay um you are not a mind reader i am correct? not i wish so actually we will post um no, we won't. I'm jumping ahead of, the, of myself, and I want to give you all all the tools, but it's important that we, we take this as a process. Okay. So when we talk, when we have broken this up enough, we will move into the thoughts. Okay. But one dysfunctional thought is the attempt at mind reading. Yeah. So don't do it. All right, it, no it, mind there's reading. There's nothing. So if um, I can't have the discussion, then I just need to say it's not about me and keep it wait, moving. Wait, wait, wait. I love that you just said it's not about me. Remember what I always tell you. Okay, what? You tell me a lot really? of things. Chris, she tells me a lot of things. She's a therapist, for Christ's sake. Even if it's about you. Onions and layers? 
Even if it's about you, it's, it's not, not about, about you. you. Okay. She does Even if it's about time. you, it's not about you. So if you answer the questions, your boss is grumpy and mean and cranky and lashing out at you. And she's never mean. Just to- And you say to yourself, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's appraise my value. Yeah, I've, I've worked hard this week. Um, my worthiness I, we have a great relationship and I'm worth what they pay me. I am the best employee they got, girl. I am lovable and likable and... All the time. um, And, no, this is not my fault. So then, that's it. That answers your question. Okay. Even if it's about you, it's not about you. So as long as I can answer my four questions... Mm-hmm. Then it, okay, what if I said no to one of those questions? So what if I realize, you know what, when I'm thinking about it, is it my fault? Well, you know what, I didn't turn in that project that she wanted me to turn in by noon. So we will talk about that in feelings. Okay. Because okay. That everything is, connects. Yeah, everything Triangle. connects, guys. So um, I, I definitely agree with you. If you answer one of those negatively or in, in a way that um, shows that it is your responsibility to fix, mm-hmm. then fix it. Okay. Um, but if you can answer honestly that even it's if not, it's about you, it's not about you, just let it go. that is not your, that's not your triangle that to fix. That's nice. I like Get this. Get out of the figure eight. Get I think that's been one dance. of my favorite parts of therapy is realizing that I'm not responsible for everybody else's emotions. And everybody else's behavior because I feel like... And everybody else's thoughts. Right. <laughs> it's true because I'm such a people pleaser and I am extremely codependent. And so, I mean, on just about everybody that I know and meet, that it's just nice to be like... It, it blows my mind that all those things aren't for me to fix or work on or I don't know. So there is actually a tool called Functional Behavior Assessment. Okay. And what it does is actually provide an evaluation based on behavior. You'll see this in school systems a lot, but it's a tool for us too. What is my behavior communicating? What is my best friend's behavior communicating? What is my husband's behavior communicating? And then you ask yourself those, you know, again, not scientific, not research-based, but you ask those Christy questions of, am I worthy? Am I valued? Am I loved? And is this my fault? Okay. And when when you ask yourself, am I loved? Are you asking yourself, am I loved by that specific person who is behaving inappropriately? I would hope not. Because, right. okay, I'm asking, am Are I loved? Asking, am I lovable? Or, I mean, do you have self-love? Is self-love okay. valid and real? Yes, absolutely. Is a sense of self-worth valid and real? Yes, even though my therapist and I struggle with that sometimes. <laughs> is a Everybody sense- has worth, guys. Did you know that? Everyone has worth. That was the hardest lesson for me to learn in therapy so far. We'll get to that one day. Ooh, yeah. but I'm just saying. Yes, everybody has worth. That Bullshit. is Bullshit. But it's true. I mean, I've learned that it's true. I don't like it. Anyway, sorry. So... <laughs> So when we talk about um, understand, my gosh, I will chase any squirrel you lead me on. I know, sorry. So off topic now. Um, so when we ask ourselves those questions, we are not just, we are not only valid through somebody else's eyes. We are not worthy only through someone else's eyes. Um, and that might mean if your boss is consistently mm-hmm. questioning your value, your worth, then and and placing blame where it doesn't belong, 
again. It doesn't mean you have to take it. We, I, I promise, I love the hula hoop analogy. It's only what is in your hula hoop do you have any power to control. Um, okay. You can't change his behavior. So that's when you might change jobs. Okay. Again, change happens in conflict and chaos and crisis. If everything is okay, why change? Right. I, I just changed jobs. I can relate <laughs> to that. So when you're asking yourself these questions, it is from your perspective. And if somebody doesn't share those values about you, right. somebody doesn't share that worth about you, if somebody doesn't share the fact that you're lovable or, or loved, it shouldn't affect how you feel about yourself. That's crazy. Like I, my friends call me out sometimes because I assume that that they have to value what I value, including me, equal to what I value it as. Like they expect, I expect everyone to mirror my exact value and my exact assessment of worthiness and my exact assessment of all of these things. If you only exist. Through the lens of somebody else's eyes. Borderline, personality disorder. A lot of disorders, guys, not just BPD. If you seek value, if you seek worth, if you seek love, if you seek um, redemption, we're going to use that instead of blame. If you seek all of that only through the eyes of somebody else, you will constantly be let down. You're you're stuck in that cognitive figure eight where their thoughts, feelings, and behaviors directly affect your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And that is called codependency. Yes. When people say they're um, empaths, that is my pet peeve. Oh, because I, I am. I'm an empath. I used to say it all the time. And she literally, I mean, until I started therapy and actually understood what I was saying versus codependency. Like, I get it now. Yeah, if you say you're right. an empath, if you tell me Bullshit. you are an empath, when I say, oh, so you're codependent. Get in therapy. Yeah. Because it's terrible. Y'all, it's terrible. It is no way to live. Just the little improvements that I have made over the last six months with my new therapist that I'm obsessed with, y'all, I just can't even tell you. It's life-changing. So let's talk about, again, the reason we wanted to address behavior on this episode is because that really, a lot of times that's where people step into therapy. Now we wish it was with the thoughts and the feelings, um, but a lot of times things have become unmanageable in their life. Right. And, and so they go seek a therapist. And that's what help. was happening with me at this time. I, I was so over. What was your behavior? It was, I was blowing my life up at work. Because I was so angry. I had so many, again, codependent relationships with coworkers that I could not even function at work because of all that was going on. Not only that, in my marriage as well. Just my codependency had reached an entirely new level where, you know, again, my behavior was not aligning with my values, which I didn't know that until I went to therapy. Um, and also, I was expecting things from other people that, and trying to control them when I have no, like Christy said, the hula hoop. I can only control my hula hoop. Another analogy I use with the hula hoop, and we really need to get one. We do, because we we're going to use this a lot. Um, unhealthy people hold up a hula hoop, and they say, if you love me, jump through it. Jump through it. I do that if all you the time. value me, jump, jump through it. All the time. If you I'm do. worthy, jump, jump through, through it. it. Are you going to do this? Are you going to do this for mm -hmm. me? And sometimes it's not even that obvious. Sometimes I will just test people, and I'll just be like, 
So I'm gonna do this, and then if they don't respond how they should respond, then um, yeah, they don't love me. Not valuable, not worthy. They just Healthy help me. Healthy people do not jump through hula hoops. Healthy people should look at that hula hoop and go, really? No. People pleasers, she's talking to you because we jump through all of the hula hoops. Every single one, doesn't matter how high it is, if it's on fire, it doesn't matter. We're going to jump. We're going to mm -hmm. kill ourselves to jump. And the thing about it is. It doesn't do any good. Mm -mm. Even if it's about you. It's not going to. about you. It's not. It's never going to be and enough. And it's never going to be enough. Right. Oh my God, we just. Because <laughs> it's true. It's never going to be enough. I have, I have been the jumper and the person asking the person to jump. And on both sides of it, it has just proven time and time again that it is never enough. Healthy people no don't jump. Doing, doing good things, um, being a positive person, providing help and aid should always feel good. I want, again, when we're talking about being your most authentic self, this is what we're talking about. It feels good to do good things. Okay, it does. It does. You get <clears throat> dopamine. You get great, like, feel-good endorphins that just shoot off in your head yes. when you do something good. Only if you want to do it, though. Right. So if somebody suggests to you, hey, in fact, Tara, I've got to give credit where credit is due, okay? Oh, God. Um, I'm afraid. So recently, um, a friend of mine, er, a friend of ours, passed away. Um, Tara was actually it was Tara's other best friend. <laughs> My best friend. And it hit us both hard. And we are going to do an episode on grief. We'll be talking about that later. Um, but I said to Tara, you know what, Tara, you should start like a a food train or something. You know, because Tara's close with the family. She was a lot closer. Um, with them than I was. And Tara goes, Christy, I have enough on my plate. If you want to do a GD food train, you do it. I feel like I said that exactly. I was, it was wonderful. Tara doesn't worry about her place with me. Her, my love is not conditional with right. her. So she can be her authentic self. Maybe, you know, you don't need to use, you know, GD, GD and all that. Yell and but, grief right. or whatever. But the the ability to say no to something she had no desire to coordinate, she she was by Christina's bedside. She had heard Christina's last breath. No, cause. she didn't want to start a fucking food train. No. I didn't so, give a fuck <laughs> if anybody ate anything ever again. So I want y'all to understand doing good work should feel good. And if it doesn't, your boundaries are getting crossed. Mm. You are in that cognitive figure eight right. of feeling, absorbing somebody else's thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Yeah, we have That's to do. What you should do. Oh, boundaries are huge for me. Like, I know that my boundaries are, I mean, the ones I have are dysfunctionally placed. And most of the time, I don't have them. And that is, I cannot wait to work on that. Yeah, that that is an upcoming episode, guys, is... is Healthy boundaries. And hopefully a course. I, I think we're also working on that. Oh, that'll be exciting. Well, actually, so that leads us, I'm so glad you mentioned a course. So that leads us into um, where would dysfunctional eating be okay. in terms of behavior? Okay. Um, what, what do you mean? Like, it's is it a good one or a bad so, one? Well, 
by dysfunction, I'm already giving you oh, a little hint. Oh, I mean, so okay, um, well, let's do you know, let's do that functional behavior uh, um, assessment. Okay, FBA. Okay. Yes. So um, it's an evaluation focused on behavior. Mm-hmm. So there was a time that you lost a hundred pounds. Yes. Within Many times. a year, right? You had regained that hundred pounds. I had. Yes, less than a year, like nine months. So the behavior was eating all the things because I don't want to feel things. So we are going to, our very first um, workshop with y'all is going to be about disordered eating. Um, I will tell you, I've lost 110 pounds. My highest weight was 336. My goal is still to, you know, continue to um, work on my health. Um, I very much believe in body um, neutrality, body acceptance. Body um, neutrality is yeah. where it's at. I there we are. That will definitely do an episode. Body mm-hmm. acceptance, acceptance versus body neutrality. Because I don't think I even knew that body neutrality was an option. And now that I do, like it makes so much sense why it's even more desirable over acceptance. And we'll again, we'll talk a lot more about that. And it it moves into toxic positivity and mm. a whole bunch of things that just aren't good for you. In the same example of, um, you know. Why don't you do a food train? You know, if it doesn't feel good, it's not for you. Right. Um, doing good things for yourself should feel good. Right. Um, so going back to an FBA, okay. um, going back to that functional behavior assessment, if you are losing and gaining 100 pounds in a year, if you have lost and then regained 100 pounds in a year, yes. Um, Functional behavior assessment would certainly be in question. So you have to peel back the layers. Okay. Ogres are like onions. Onions have layers. People are like ogres. Arrow. Layers, onions, people. Peel, peel it back. Okay. What is going on that that behavior is dysfunctional? And we can all say losing and gaining hundred pounds is dysfunctional behavior. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So then we have to peel back the layers to find out what behavior. I know. I mean, I can talk. Nope. We're not there yet. Okay. No. Okay. I'm not. Behavior is conditioned. Okay. That is true. We, c- behavior is learned. Uh-huh. So we have to ask, our, <laughs> we have to ask ourselves. Uh-huh. What is this behavior communicating? Okay. What are my feelings and what are my thoughts that are reinforced with behavior of gaining, losing weight? Just all about weight and, and the dysfunction that food plays. So um, that will be our very first workshop. We plan to... Um, have that just in time for everybody's New Year's resolutions. That's right. So join us for the first six weeks of 2023 um, and really get a head start on, you know, diets don't work. I mean, we, we're all, I think, on the same page with that. I don't think anybody, we might still be doing them, but I think we all know that they're not effective. And um, I cannot wait to blow y'all's mind about calories in, calories out. 
is it's not a thing. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's going to be fascinating. So um, we'll we'll sign give you a will link. Happen yeah, signups will happen soon. We'll um, share our link in all the socials. So make sure you're following us. Definitely. Um, but that um, again, I think that's the reason that we focus on behavior first. Um, and to follow up on a track that I chased a squirrel off of, is behavior is why people come to therapy initially. Mm -hmm. So. Um, if we gotta start somewhere, and although feelings you know, are easy to catch and easy to change and easy to, I I will have a, at least a hundred different feelings just today. Many yeah, more than that but for me. Ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, what is my behavior communicating? So that that's really why I wanted to hit on behavior first. I want y'all to ask yourself, what is your behavior communicating? How is your behavior serving yourself? Not a huge fan of Dr. Phil's. Just, it, would that get a student? Maybe. I, she's not a one. Just not a fan. Just not a fan. She doesn't have to. It's fine. You, can, you cannot like people. One awesome thing he says, and I will give him this, All right, tell is, me. how's that working for you? With a whole lot of arrogance, which is what I don't like. But well, behavior should be working for you behavior should work for you and if it's not working let's analyze it let's let's talk about its function let's talk about the feelings underneath and those dysfunctional thoughts that are creating that cycle of right. constantly we're going to snatch it out and um again the first dysfunctional behavior we address is going to be dysfunctional eating. Um, again, this is not about eating disorders. This is about dysfunctional eating. Right. If you think you have an eating disorder, please, please, please follow up with a licensed professional therapist in your area. And we will include a link to um, Psychology Today has a really great search engine that you can use to find a therapist that works for you. That's where I've found both of the last two therapists I have worked with. Um, it kind of gives you their specialty area and their certifications and qualifications, a little blurb. Some of them will post videos. So you can really get a clear up picture of, um, you know, who this individual is that you're considering to work with. And Christy, I don't know, we should do a whole episode on how to choose a therapist. I'm so glad you said that. That is actually on our, our brainstorming sheet. Um, I we still need to move through the rest of the triangle. Absolutely. But then I think the first episode after um, feelings and thoughts needs to be because thoughts are big. Thoughts thoughts are the hardest thing to change, mm -hmm. um, and so that will get y'all prepared to move toward. Um, hopefully, if you're not in therapy, that'll move you toward. Um, the idea of a therapist, open yourself up a little bit. And also just to have a, even a base to be like, the, this is what's going on with me. If you even can speak the language and you kind of know thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are the things that I'm going to be working on with my therapist. Hey, as you're introducing yourself, these are the things that I'm struggling with. So I Oh, absolutely. Agree. Yeah. So we, um, we will get there. I promise. Stay with us. Um, a new episode every Wednesday. Yep. Um, and again, we really want to hear what y'all want us to talk about. That's right. Um, we want to hear if um, we've talked over you in an episode where you're like, wait, uh, she left this question wide open. And 
um, again, this isn't interactive. And right. so, the and at this point, you'll have seen on our social, socials where we've answered some questions. We've got some reels. We've got some short YouTube videos uh, posted. So, um, if you did have questions before, go back and check socials to see if we've already answered it. Fair enough. Awesome. Y'all, thank you so much. We will see you next Wednesday. And this is Rise to Be. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.